forgotten me. There were times when I thought that his love me has failed. But when I look into his world, I am said, my child, I still love you. I'm not through with blessing you. No, 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 no. God is not through with blessing me.
it goes beyond the grave. Don't be grave, oh, not be mortuary things then do. He said the sinner's prayer. We clap. Congratulations. Never saw him again. I thought they would start bringing him to church. The person who invited him that night kept on coming to church. But he never showed up. Until December 1993. Pavlov was now doing another crossover. I gave a call. I didn't even see him when I was preaching. But I just gave a call. And I now saw him standing here with some other people. This guy got saved last December. Is he getting born again, again? How many times are they born again? <laughs> you understand? So, I don't want to discourage him. Allow him to join the rest to say the prayer. God bless you. I did not see him again. Then by December 94, ha! 1994, I give a call again. See the guy. Ah, this are not fiki quiet. And so I say, ah, hey, I can't call your name. You want to get born again today? Want to get born again again today? And so the old church started to laugh. Now I say, church, oh, man, I see me see wala. This guy. This is the third time in three years is getting born again. No? How many times are they born again? Some people say once. I said this guy wants to do a third one. <laughs> the next thing I say, my friend, I'm not for here. You are not serious. No, I said it too. I said, I'm not for here. Go and sit down. I said, this other call is not for people like you. I said, I don't like dealing with, with people who are not serious. I said, three years ago, I prayed for you here to accept Christ. I never saw you again. You came again last year, and you are here again. What happened to the born again of last year? It don't spoil. It don't spoil. I said, my friend, go and sit down. You are not serious. And that is the end. He never came to our church again. And that's what God told me. God said, tell him to go and sit down. He's not serious. God knows the heart of all men. He said, tell him to go and see this. Not serious. Amen. I want to read two places for you. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, be praised. My Lord and King. Forevermore, say, and Lord and King, forevermore, we say, Jesus be praised, my Lord and King, forevermore, I say, Jesus be praised, my Lord and King, forevermore. Verse number one, Romans 10, verse one. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Brethren, my heart's desire. And often he cried interceding for them anyway. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. 
For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about to establish their own righteousness. And have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Whenever a Christian say, Lord, I just thank you because it's your grace that saved me. I know there's nothing good in myself when it comes to righteousness at all. But I just thank you for the gift of righteousness you have given to me through your son, Jesus. Each time you talk like that, you know how everyone is glad that you are not arrogant. You are not trying to go about trying to establish your own righteousness. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't wear many skirts. You have submitted yourself to God's righteousness. That's the meek. He will beautify the meek with salvation. A time came up in this country through Kumuyi. That what equates righteousness is long skirt. And girls don't wear trousers. Girls don't wear earrings. Girls don't wear makeup. That became righteousness in this country from 1973. He put out of the apostolic field, started deeper life in 1973. Ten years after 1983, he raised another Yoruba man called Jehovah Christ Chapel to tell the Goshen the true righteousness. It took God another ten years to establish another pedestal to let people know what Kumuyi told them was a lie. You don't attain to righteousness by plucking away earring. You don't attain to that by wiping lipstick off of your mouth. They are zealously in Bagada trying to establish their own righteousness and thereby have not submitted themselves humbly, meekly to the righteousness of God, which is by faith. And the Jews were busy Keeping the laws of Moses. I don't do this. I don't eat this. I don't drink this. It was so bad in deeper life. They said they seem to even own a television set in your house. It was so bad. It was so bad. They bastardized the doctrine of righteousness. It was so bad that Kumi said it's a sin to wear suit and tie. It was that bad in 1973. Today, Kumi, you wear suit and tie. Don't say he never said so because I have the tracks. Tracts that were evangelism tracts that were printed. They even told artists to draw. Uh, uh, uh. And you know what they drew? They draw suit, draw in any way, and then they draw Yoruba, Buba, and Shokotu. And then they put the mark bad on this and put good. And they were sharing it. This is what Kumuyi propagated in Nigeria the doctrine of righteousness of works. And God said, Kumuyi thinks he's humble, he's proud. It takes humility to submit to the righteousness of God. The Bible says Israel did not submit to the righteousness of God. Neither did deeper life submit. And you can't say you are humble when you have not submitted to God's kind of righteousness. You go about establishing, propagating your righteousness. Until the son was going to do wedding, the son of Komuyi, and the marriage committee had to tell him to bring the bride and let us see the gown that the girl we wear, we must, we must doctor, we must cross-check the gown. And you must know where the, where this, where the, it became a problem. The guy and the girl said, that's your old. If my daddy preached those things, and it was not in Nigeria they were doing the wedding, they have deeper life outside the country. The guy, the guy and the girl met outside, but they were both Nigerians. 
and they stubbornly went. I, I think eventually they did not wed in the deeper life there. And they called Kumuji Nigeria laws. Your son is rebellious. He said, that's my dad's teaching. I know the Bible more than my dad. And now Kumuji is going about changing deeper life doctrine. He's going about and now some, some religious zealots in, the, in deeper life, they are declaring fasting, 30 days fasting for Kumuji. They are saying, oh bro, bro has backslidden. You know they call their pastor bro. Bro has backslidden. He's now changing doctrine. Because Kumuye later started telling people that times come to church is not righteousness. He's saying it. I read it. He said, Bro has backslidden. The things bros once preached that made us very holy. And we were and we went very deeper in Christ. We were deeper, deeper than anybody, deeper than any church. They were deeper in self-righteousness. They were never deep in the righteousness of God. They were deep in their own righteousness. Deeper life was nothing but deeper lies. Lies. And I've been saying this since 1992. Telling it in, to, in Lagos. Those who care to listen. I said some of this thing on NTA 2 Channel 5 and then Niji who was the marketing manager was saying, sorry my program on NTA. You remember I used to preach on TV. I mean if you remember. I used to preach 30 minutes on TV every Sunday. Turn back Romans 9. Romans 9. Romans 9 verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Look at brother Paul. He reached a point in one swear. He said I speak the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness he didn't say, Allah, if I lie, make God kill me. There are some Christians who talk like that. Amadio, Christians. You know, we are learning. I like this guy. Look at Paul. He said, I say the truth in Christ, and I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow of heart. I don't cry tired. I don't sad. So For I could wish myself we are cursed from Christ. For my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Let's cut it off. Look up. You know, Paul knew that the Jews rejected Christ. And that if they died, they go to hell. One after the other. Once they die, they go to hell. He's speaking. Jesus Christ was a Jew according to the flesh. Isaiah was a Jew according to the flesh. They synchronized the things they spoke about. How could Jews are going to hell? Because they rejected Jesus. So he pained Paul. He said, I have sorrow every day. I'm born again. Oh, he's the one that said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice. He said, But deep down, when I think of my kinsmen, fellow Jews, how they are going to hell even though Jesus died for them. He said, I carry sorrow everywhere I go. Continuing sorrow and heaviness of heart. It's so bad that I even wish God can crush me to place a blessing on them. This guy loves his people so well. He could wish he was cursed from God that Israel may be blessed. You see, this guy was not a happy man. 
and I told my wife, between Tamaga and Laspotec, we're coming tonight. I said, if a footage or a five minutes clip, audio clip of the cry going on in hell by our relatives that we have buried, if a five second clip of their cry, Jesus Christ, is zoomed in your ears, nobody will eat. You will lose appetite. Just use your mind to go through any relation you have ever buried. The Bible says Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He said, Whosoever believeth shall not perish. He said, Whoso, he said, he said he, But he that does not believe is condemned already. We don't judge him. We all say, whosoever does not believe in Jesus is condemned already. So, once you see that the person doesn't believe in Jesus, you know he is lost. You are not the one condemning. You are now simply announcing that that person that just died is lost. And they will tell you, shut up, don't judge. No, I'm not judging. I'm like a journalist who is in the courtroom and I come out to say, this is how the trial judge read his verdict. And so the person is going to spend 15 years in are you the judge? No. You are a journalist. You are reporting it. A pastor, a preacher is like a journalist. I'm, I'm announcing the judgment declared by Jesus that whosoever does not believe in him is condemned already. No pastor to condemns but I can announce the condemnation written. Daniel Ikechuku or is he Ikechuku or Ikechuku from Imo State? The people of Emekuku in Imo State. Is there a place called Emekuku? That's where Daniel Ikechuku is. Daniel Ikechuku died in a road accident. And found himself in hell. Jesus said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Oh, he said, it is not of him that run it, nor of him that will it. It is of God that shows mercy. Daniel Kechuku knelt down and begged the angel. The, the, the angels were there. When angels come to, to hell, to parade in hell, they are not roasting there with you. Angels don't suffer. They can, even Jesus shows up in hell. Oh, you have not heard it. Jesus comes to hell and he's not suffering with those who are in hell. Shows up. The first thing that every human being that goes to hell, Abacha said it, Fela Nicola said the same thing. The first thing, now listen to me, church. The first thing that happens when a man reaches hell, as soon as he drops into that hell, and the thick smoke and smell was and tear gas, and the heat and everything. Touches you. The first thing that every hell entrant says is, Jesus is the Lord. The Bible says every tongue should confess that 
Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a sovereign declaration of sovereign declaration of Almighty God. Every tongue must, every tongue in every human being that has walked on this earth must confess Jesus as Lord. You either do it while you are still alive or you are going to pay the debt, the debt you are owing. You must confess Jesus. And those who do it now are the born again. We are the ones that confess Jesus while we are still alive. But once you die, because God decreed that every human tongue will pronounce it, they will say it in hell. The truth is when men reach hell, this is what happened. When you reach hell, you notice the presence of Jesus Christ is hell. The presence of Jesus Christ is in heaven. The presence is, is also in hell. But when the presence of Jesus is felt in hell, it is that of severity. And when you read the book of Romans chapter 11, it said, behold the goodness and the severity of God. God's goodness is shown by Jesus' presence in heaven and the terribleness of God. Listen, when you get to hell, you will think God is very hard and wicked. Paul said, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you see the ingenuity of the manufacturing of the torture chambers and all the weapons of inflicting the heaviest of pains on humanity, not even, it wasn't even made for, the, for human beings. It was made for the devil and his angels. It's human beings that are just stupidly going to hell. Hell wasn't made for man. I hope you know the story. God wanted to really punish disobedience and torture those rebel angels and he created hell for them. And human beings are foolishly going with those demons to hell. Can you stand hell? Do you think it was even made for man? Something God designed to pepper those, those fallen angels. Because they are spirit beings. It was spiritually wired to really give the maximum pain. And the human beings are not going there. Can you stand hell? The vision of hell Jesus saw in the garden of Gethsemane and he screamed Father please let this cup pass me by. He was praying in the garden. The whole horror of hell was shown to Jesus in that prayer vision and he cried out. The anxiety that gripped Jesus, he started sweating. That was it. The, 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 he was praying and crying, oh God please Please, please let this cup pass me by. Bible said, you know, doctors have said that there is a level of anxiety and fretting that a man can have. The sweat that will come out will be as thick as drops of blood. He did not sweat blood. He said, simile. He said, the sweat was as thick as blood. Some say he sweated blood. He didn't sweat blood. It was still sweat. But there is a kind of sweat that is not normal. The same hell that scared Jesus. Oh God, let this cup pass me by. Do you know what Jesus was actually saying? This is a Jesus that volunteered to come down to die and go to hell for our, for our sakes. But when the final vision of the fullness of the horror he will face was given to him, he outburst up. He started saying, oh God, please, I don't want to die again. Many of you don't even know the meaning of, oh God, let this cup pass me by. He was saying, Lord, I don't want to die again. 
And that is one prayer Jesus prayed that God refused to answer. Every prayer Jesus prayed while he was on earth got instant answer. But when he was about to face the cross and the horrors of hell, he said, oh God, I'm so scared, Steve. I don't want to die again. And God will say to Jesus, I listening to yourself. Do you even know what you are saying? I did not force you. The father didn't force the son. The son volunteered. Is that correct? Now the last minute he's backing out. Jesus said, are you listening to yourself? How can I take this cup away from you? If I take this cup away from you, humanity will drink the cup. And then Jesus heard God say, humanity will drink the cup if you refuse to drink. After I didn't force you, my son, you volunteered to die for humanity. The father and the Holy Ghost come for you. Now the last minute you are telling me to take the cup of me. God said, no, how can I do that? He knew he got a no for answer. And he went, he woke up and went to the disciples to see what he told the ghost of hey, Jesus. He said, this guy cannot die. I don't know. Jesus went a little further in the garden. He just fell on his face. He was rolling on the floor. The Bible said, Jesus Christ, who in the days of his flesh offered up strong prayers with strong cries unto him. Jesus cried. His heart broke up. It was just a vision of what he was going to face for three days and then he saw him again. He started crying. He said, Lord, can we renegotiate? When he was saying, God, please, he said, if it be that we let this cup until God said, be. Okay, Lord. Oh, he now said, okay, Lord. In other words, God is saying, Son Jesus, there's no other way to save human beings from going to hell. One righteous person must suffer the horror of hell. Otherwise, the whole human being is, the whole human race is finished forever. Jesus cried. In fact, he died of a broken heart. Jesus went to that hell, spent three days and all, every demon they dealt with him, tortured him. Some people have never heard Jesus went to hell. They say he went to the grave. No, that's the body. The spirit and the soul don't stay in the grave. Jesus went deeper to regions under the earth. He went to hell. Because he died spiritually on the cross. And the soul that sinned shall die. He went to hell. If he didn't go to hell, then prepare to go. The reason you won't go to heaven is because he went to hell. So if you don't believe he went to hell, you will go. He went for me. Someone say he went for me. The Holy Ghost said, you preach it. This is the kind of message that is lacking in many churches. I just heard a legal say preaching. This kind of message is lacking and scarce in so many churches. Now some people will build, build new houses in this new year. It's what some pastors are saying now. Next year you will be this. This year you will be this. Nobody's reminding people there's a desolate eternity waiting for people. Each time the angels look at the, the, the fate of man in the face of all these things, the angels say, woe is man. Woe! Woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the devil is come down to you having a great wrath for he knows that he has but a short time. That is what the angel said. The angel looked at the fate of man and cried out. He said, woe is man. The lot of man is pitiable. The only people that don't make angels sad are the Christians. Each time angels look at that, they look 
Dios que no nos dejó morir. Porque Dios ya está viendo a Dios porque unbelievers. And we just are here to pray now that you smile and come and catch this tonight. Move your hands to Jesus. Move your hands to Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Church, don't give me money to buy private jet and take my soul. Mm-mm. I don't need that. Give me Jesus. That's all I want. You think I'm a fool to run a church like this and the church does not even look like it's six months old. Some pastors will start a church under six months. They are running to shift. Find out their secrets. Find out! They, they don't care about heaven. They mind earthly things. Paul said to the Philippian people, he said, such people, their God is their belly. He said, their glory is in their shame. Who mind deadly things? He said, I told you these things before. Now as I write, he said, I'm reminding you even in tears. Can you imagine a man is writing this and tears is soaking the paper? He said, Philippians, I told you these things before. That those kind of men of God, they are false prophets. He said, and I'm saying it again to warn you even in tears right now. Everything is not about, oh God, my God, we bless you. Say amen. My God, say we do this. Amen. Issues of eternity of horror is being relegated to the background in our minds. Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of God, we persuade men. We persuade men. Knowing therefore the terribleness of God. God can be terrible. If you see what humanity is going through in hell, you almost hate God. Because God can punish more than Satan can punish. Whatever Satan can come up with to punish somebody, it can't it can, it can even stand the standard of God's punishment. We are talking about God. When God decides to punish, who will deliver you from his hand? When the devil is dealing with you, God can deliver you from his hand. But when it is God dealing with you, it's a hopeless case. God's case, no appeal. What's the, I always forget the name of that man who said, give me Scotland or I die. John Knox. A man was praying that Scotland is dead. Want Scotland to be a Jesus country. He has a great love for souls. He feels the pain that people will feel in heaven. For a man to say, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. Passion for soul. God said, the church has got to have a great passion, a great drive. A great hunger for souls. When you hear the kind of things you have heard today about what humanity goes through in hell, your loved ones go through in hell, the ones that have not died, you start preaching to them. Next Sunday, bring them to church. Start calling them. Phone call, send text message. Start visiting some people in Igondo, in Ikotun, Ejigbo, just to go and you know spend a day, a weekend with some people because you want to cut them courtship and bring them to church. 
And let me quickly tell you this. So winning in pavilion is no longer the traditional soul winning. Oh, those, you know, and we just think mm, it is those who don't go to church. When you want to win so these days, the going to church and the not going to church preach to them. Except you are very sure that church is good and good churches are few. They are part of souls to be won. They think they have been won. They are going to church. And then some of us will say, no, don't preach to those who are already going to church. After all, there are so many people on, on, in your neighborhood that don't go to church. Why are you going to go? We have passed a level. This year, God said, go and tell the church. There are some requests they are making to me. I will grant those requests. Tell them that me too, I have a request. God said, tell Babylon, I have a request. That's me feel God. God said, God has a request. He said, the request is I test and I need water to drink. Who will give me water to drink? When Jesus said on the cross of Calvary, I thirst. The seven spoken words of Jesus on the cross. That what was the last thing he said? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And his chin rested on his chest and he's gone. When he said, I thirst, he's really physically thirst. But he was speaking with the principle of double reference. He was saying, I thirst spiritually and I yearn for the salvation of mankind. I yearn, I yearn that this my suffering is not wasted. The soldier did not understand. Just carry one this thing like a hyssop, like a like a paintbrush, and they put a stick on it, and he just dip it in a hyssop, very bitter something, vinegar. Is that correct? And then and then just use it and put it in. Somebody says he's test, you are giving him vinegar. And there's water around, they don't want to give him water. They are wicked. But beyond that, they did not fully understand. Even when he said they lie, 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 they said he's calling on, on Elijah. When he said, I test, I don't know if I test, if I can read it, Isaiah 53, let's close with this. So let's read it because this is where we will close. Isaiah 53, verse, let the whole church stand up now, the whole church. Grab your Bible, Isaiah 53, verse 10. Can I read it? Can I read it? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The prophet is saying it rejoiced the heart of Father God to bruise his own son Jesus. Mama, do you think about it? You know why? Not that God is a sadist. He knows that the suffering of this son of mine will lead to the freedom of the other sons of mine. So it was pleasing Papa God to put Jesus to grief. Not because he was a sadist who loved to see his son suffer. No. He knows what will come out of this. It's a good deal. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. God has put Jesus to grief. When God shall make his soul an offering for sin, Jesus will see his seed. And the sick of Jesus shall 
along the days of Jesus. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Somebody say amen. And then he said in verse 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. Let's cut it off right here. The seed of Jesus is you and I. Jesus, seed of God. God put Jesus to grief. But when Jesus takes all of those punishments, he does it in view of the fact that humanity will finally be saved because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. And so when Jesus finally sees his seed, that's you and I. And the seed is prolonging the days of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is not physically here. It's not physically here. We have given our lives to Jesus and are born again. Our names in heaven. We have become the seed of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the seed of God. We are seed of Jesus Christ. Technically we are even also seed of God. But when Jesus Christ shall see of the travail of his soul, when he shall see the end result of his suffering, that is each time somebody gets born again, there's a great joy in the heart of Jesus and also among the angels, he says, my suffering in hell was not for nothing. If it was only just one person in this whole world that needed salvation, Jesus still would have died. It's not because there were too many people going to hell, so he's paying him, there were too many going to No, 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 one person still could have brought Jesus down. That's to tell you the love he has for man. Clap for Jesus. One person. One person could have still brought Jesus down. He shall see of the travail of his soul. And he shall be satisfied. Oh, each time Jesus looks at me, he's really encouraged. He said, Theo believes in my sufferings and my death and my burial and my resurrection. My punishment in hell was not for nothing after all. Theo is saved. Bridget is saved. Gospel pretty saved. Pavilion people are ready to go to heaven. Jesus says, it was worth it. It wasn't easy. But it was worth it. It wasn't easy. Just let me take those two lines. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But it was worth it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But it was worth it. Church. He said the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Did you see that in verse 10? Look at it again please. I don't want to be screaming for nothing. The pleasure of the Lord will prosper in the hands of Jesus. Is that in your Bible, please? Oh, wait a minute. Look at what I'm going to read for you. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, people of God. In Revelation 4, 11, the Bible says, 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God created man, including the whole universe and everything that in them is, for his pleasure. And so when man was doomed for hell, it was a displeasure to God. And he said, who will go for us? Jesus came. He came from heaven to earth. Oh Lord, Shaka, it wasn't easy, but it was worthy. Jesus went through all of this horror because of me. Now, when people are getting saved, it is said in Isaiah 53 verse 10 that the pleasure of God is prospering in the hands of those people. The pleasure of Almighty God first prospered in the hands of Jesus. It was Jesus that came down from heaven to bring salvation to man. So God's pleasure prospered in the hands of Jesus. No wonder God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God was trying to say, when I look at Jesus, my pleasure is full. Somebody said, thank you for helping me. You said, don't mention Oh, thank you for that help you gave me. That. You're welcome. Thank you for happy. Oh, it's a pleasure. Is that not what you say? It's a pleasure. Bible says the pleasure of God prospered in the hand of Jesus. And so the pleasure of Jesus will prosper in the hands of the saints. So, when Jesus looks at gospel pavilion, he rejoices. Oh, these are the people saved by my blood that I shed. In the lives of these people, my death was not in vain. Lift your hands up. Say, oh God, let my life be used for your glory. Let your pleasure prosper in my hands. Let my life bring pleasure to your name. When Jesus said, I test, you know what he was saying? He said, my soul test for stones. And he was saying, I pray that this my death is not for nothing. I want to see souls bring to my kingdom by means of this. I thirst. I thirst. I'm desperate for souls is what he was saying. I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. And I, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. Jesus said, Pastor Theo, my servant, tell God to Pavilion that I have a request. And if they can grant my request, every request that we make in prayer in the whole of 2023. I will grant it. God said, it's a deal. It's a deal. Tell the church I have a request. I thirst. I'm yearning for souls. Jesus is saying, Pavilion, don't let my pleasure fall in your, fall in your hands. Don't let my pleasure fall in your hands. Let my, let my pleasure prosper in your hands. You know what he's saying? He said, let one at least by the time we gather here December this year let it be that you can point to somebody and say 
it was through me this person came to gospel. Now, some of you who will start working at it from this very January, start thinking, start strategizing. Who will follow me to church and hear the gospel that I hear every day? You hear good stuff in this place. Your relations need to join you to hear them. You know something? When you come to gospel Pavilion for the first time, if the spirit in you is right, there's something you always know. Except you have a wrong spirit. There's something you know. Every person, man or woman, that comes to this church for the first time. First time. The thing that, that your spirit that is right tells you is that this church is real. This church is real. People know when they are hearing the truth. But they may have some other things that is stopping them from joining the church. They have other considerations. But in their consciences, they know something is right here. Something is here. You know why the church is right? Because the man of God is right. If you bring another man to come and pass all you people now and I come up for here, within one month, you don't turn this church another thing. I'm telling some pastors, they are diabolical. God said to you, for the next two years, what I want you to hammer in this church. He says, soul winning, bring the souls. Jesus said, I test. My soul test for souls. I want my house to be full. I want people to come out from the kingdom of darkness and stay in the kingdom of light. But the gospel that you preach, every pavilion, pavilion must be a soul winner. By the time December comes again, you will be able to point to somebody that you brought to church. Start from this January. Said that is my request. Everybody must win souls, and it can never be overemphasized. He said, When they grant this request, this is my test. When I start seeing the souls, you are quenching my thirst. I don't want to see empty space, empty seat in my house. And the Kurudu is lost without the gospel coming from your mouth. He said, You will yet do more programs. God said to you, keep tracking after me. I'm going to lead you and the whole church by the Holy Ghost. He said, take each step you see me take. He said, step where I step. Walk where I walk. He said, it is my church. And I know how to get the souls. I will guide the church to go after the souls. And when the church will make an effort, I will bring it. It's success to the effort. I want to see souls. Jesus said, I test. I'm testing once again. I test once again. I thirst. God said, people that are making requests, make I grant their own request or the other, make I do this for them. He said, tell them I have my own request. Will they grant my request? He said, this year, the people I'm going to bless in this church. Jesus said, the people I will concentrate my blessing on in this church are those who quench my thirst. And we must stay up that great passion for soul. There's a clarion from heaven that every pavilion must be an active soul. Passion for souls. Everything I'm preparing message now I just hear passion for souls. Passion for souls. The reason we are going to have strong passion for souls. That's, what I'm going to be That's all that matters in pavilion this year. Everything you want God to do, he will do it. He said, but do mine first. Get busy about mine. 
Our love for God is the reason we're going to have strong passion for souls. Number two, our love for humanity that is rushing at a breakneck speed to destruction in hell. That's the reason we will preach to them. Preach the gospel. Number three, our love and focus for eternity because there is a prize to get. When you win souls, there is a prize. There's a prize. There's a prize. The last message that I preach of this was what? After a desperate love, then one was eyes on the prize. I mean, if you remember, I preach eyes on the prize. Jesus says to tell all the world he loves them well. It gives him the greatest pleasure. He loves them well. There's nothing that pleases Jesus than to see the sinners repent. Snatched from hell and safe in heaven, he loves so well. I'm going to sing it again. Jesus says to tell all the world, he loves them well. Jesus says to tell the whole world, he loves them so well. He gives him the greatest pleasure. He loves them well. There's nothing that pleases Jesus than to see the sinners repent, snatched from hell and safe in heaven. He loves so well. I'm going to stop preaching. Jesus in your eyes. Join me, choir. Show them, Lord.